thinking that because they're not naturally a writer, because they're not naturally a content creator, that they are a failure at content, right? Because content doesn't just mean writing. It could also mean video. It could also mean podcasts like this one. You get to really find the type of content that suits you and how you like to show up for your audience and create content. And so I think the experimentation comes like you're not necessarily going to know what that thing is unless you let yourself experiment. Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey there, welcome back to the Girl Means Business podcast for the first episode of the month of August. We've officially hit the summer stride and it is hot, hot, hot outside, especially here in Texas. And I'm not going to lie, this heat along with so many other things have really gotten to me. And about two weeks ago, I hit a really low point. If I'm being perfectly honest, it was not my best moment or moments. Um, I had a couple days of just pure depression and crying in my closet and just overwhelm and anxiety and stress and all the things building up. And it led to me realizing that I needed to get away. I needed a break. I needed a change of scenery. I needed to clear my head. And so in true Enneagram 7 fashion, I called up my best friend who lives in Denver and I said, hey, we're headed your way. I got my girls packed up. Unfortunately, my husband couldn't join us because of work obligations. And I said, you know what? We're just going to get away. We hopped in the car with literally two days notice and drove up to Denver for a week and we had the best time. It was exactly what my soul needed. It was exactly what the girls and I needed to clear our heads, start fresh, come back refreshed. We got to spend time outdoors. And for those of you that live in the North, that may seem like a rare thing to get excited about. But when you live in Texas and the average heat index is in the hundreds, being outdoors is miserable. And so to be able to go and spend time outside hiking and playing and exploring and just spending time together having fun was exactly what I needed. We got back a few days ago and already I can tell that this weight has been lifted and I just feel so much better. So I say all that to let you know that if you're feeling the same way I was a few weeks ago and you're feeling like you can't take it anymore, the anxiety is too much, the stress is too much, the pressure of having to make choices where there's no real right answer to, it's just starting to get to you, just take a break. It doesn't mean having to get in your car and drive 12 hours for a week away, but even just saying, I need an afternoon to myself or I need a few minutes to myself. Don't be afraid to ask for those things because I was. I felt like I shouldn't have to ask for those things because this was what I asked for. This was the life I wanted. Not the quarantine part, but the being home all the time and being with my kids all the time. But it's okay to say it's you're not okay. It's okay to say, I need a break and to ask for help. So if you need help, if you need a break, please do yourself a favor. Take care of you first, and then you can take care of everybody else around you. Okay, now that I got my little PSA out of the way, let's get into today's episode. This week, I am chatting with content expert Haley Dale from Your Content Rebellion, and she is sharing with us all of her insights on how to create content that gets noticed and that fits your brand. 
Now, before we get into my interview with Haley, this is where I'm going to throw in a little call to action for you. If you are listening to this podcast and you really enjoy this podcast, then I want you to do me a favor. I want you to make sure you click subscribe. That's all you got to do this week is click that little subscribe button so that you get notified when new episodes go live and they're automatically downloaded to your podcast listening app. Now, on top of that, if you want to go a step further and you want to dive a little more into content creation, then I encourage you to head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders because this month's topic is all about content creation. We're really diving into the different types of content that can help you grow your business. Between video, audio, visual, and written content, we're going to look at all the different ways to increase your engagement, to get new clients, and to really build up your brand recognition. So all you have to do is head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders to get access to this month's content, plus you get access to all the previous month's content. When you log in the very first time, your content library is going to be full with all the past month's content, including ideal clients, email marketing, how to grow and build your website, how to use social media. There's so much already there waiting for you. So what are you waiting for? Go join. You promise you're not going to regret it. Head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders or click the link below to access your membership today. All right, guys, I'm so excited to introduce you to Haley from your content rebellion. So let's jump into my interview starting right now. All right, guys, I'm here with Haley. Hi, Haley. How are you today? Uh, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. All right. So let me um, start by asking you to share your story. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your journey of how you got here. Yeah. So um, I am a content strategist at Your Content Empire. We are one part done for you sales funnel agency, and then one part like teach you everything I know about content through our blog and through our digital programs. I have been at this thing for about five and a half years. Um, I started with it being my side hustle originally. And just over the course of like, <clears throat> there came a real point in that journey where I was like getting so many opportunities to start traveling and stuff that I had to go full time in it. So it's been a whirlwind. Five and a half years has gone by in the blink of an eye, uh, but I wouldn't change anything about it. That's awesome. So with content that obviously it ties into being able to create and write and come up with interesting things to say. So have you always enjoyed writing? Is that something that's always come naturally for you? Yeah, well, I have a background in English and a background in communications um, as far as like my academic background goes. And so I think for me, I actually start, I started in a communications job in the government and I thought it was really my dream job as I came out of my master's degree. And then I quickly realized that I wasn't going to get to really use any, like it just it was a nightmare. It was a dream turned into a nightmare kind of scenario where none of the projects I got to work on got to see the light of day because it would sit in my boss's inbox and never, and you know, and never get to fruition, which was super frustrating. And so I actually started my business as a web design business thinking I wanted an outlet completely as far away from writing and communications as I could get. Um, And then with my own content, um, you think that I'd be writing about like web design topics, right? And branding topics. 
topics, but I hated it so much. And so I was constantly writing about blogging and content strategy and sales funnels. And so I think at about, it was about six months in before I realized that should have been, a, it should have gotten that clue a lot sooner that, you know, I could be talking about content, talking about writing still in my business. And it was still a creative outlet because I was getting to choose the projects that I was working on. Um, and so once I made that pivot, yeah, writing and content and blogging did start to come really, really easily to me. Uh, but yeah, it's all about having the right topic and all about having the right uh, focus for your blog. I think that's key. So if you're finding some tension uh, in your own blogging, it could be something like you could be focusing on the wrong topics. Yeah, that's so good because I know for me, like with my photography, my blogging was such like this tedious thing for so long because I was just blogging content about the sessions I had done or Mm -hmm. like trying to create like little cheat sheets for my clients and things like that, like what to wear and how to prepare, but they weren't really that great. (laughs) And once I switched and focused on like providing them value through helpful, like not even really, I haven't blogged an actual session in years. I don't think that I can mm-hmm. recall. It's all been like, how can I help you plan your wedding? How can I help you like understand motherhood better and survive mm-hmm. like this crazy transition of like finding yourself again. And once I changed my focus, like the writing just came, which was, which was amazing. So it's exactly what you were saying. Like once I find, once you get in that groove, it all falls into place. I think a huge part of it is like, if you have to be curious about the stuff that you are writing about and creating content around, right? If you can't find that angle where you're interested in, it's going to feel like a chore. Yeah. So, okay. So you talk a little bit about like experimenting with your content. So let's dive into that because I think a lot of people will look at other people's contents, whether it's their blog or social media content, and they just see that finished result. They see like that really great piece of content or that really great post and they think, oh, they, they must have done that on their first try. How do I get to where I can do that on my first try? Like, what's the reality behind that? The reality behind that is there are a lot of crappy first drafts that go into that final polished version that you are seeing and a lot of practice. So comparing yourself against, you know, not just their finished draft, but maybe they've been at this a lot longer than you. And so you just have to honor where you are in the journey and really honor that crappy first draft because I truly believe that the magic comes in the editing with any piece of content. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. 
Yeah. I'm, I have gotten better at that, but I used to be like, just write it and be done. <laughs> and yeah. I listened to, I think as Marie Forleo was talking, I think her, she was talking about email subject lines at the time, but how she'll make a list of like 30 before she actually gets the one that she uses. Mm-hmm. And when I started using that same approach of like, don't just go with the first one that pops into my head. Like I have found that I'm slowly getting better at it for coming from someone who doesn't mm-hmm. feel like writing is my strong suit. That go back and revise and revise and revise has been huge. So what else you talk a lot about like experimenting with different content. So talk a little more about that. Tell us kind of what that means and what that looks like. Yeah. So for me, I think like I work with a lot of clients and a lot of mastermind students who get stuck in their heads when it comes to content and really thinking that because they're not naturally a writer, because they're not naturally a content creator, that they are a failure at content, right? Because content doesn't just mean writing. It could also mean video. It could also mean podcasts like this one. You get to really find the type of content that suits you and how you like to show up for your audience and create content. And so I think the experimentation comes like you're not necessarily going to know what that thing is unless you let yourself experiment. And so for me, experimentation is a way of taking failure out of the equation. I think that so many of us, we judge ourselves on, you know, not producing that polished finished piece that we're maybe seeing other people come up with. And we're not embracing where we are in the journey. And we're also, you know, not allowing ourselves to experiment in our business. So for me, experimentation and designing experiments is just a way of approaching, trying on new things and not not being obsessed with the outcome, not taking ownership of that failure. If it fails and it was an experiment, it was just the, you know, it was the experimentation that failed, not me. And so I'm a huge fan of like with any new thing that you want to try, whether it's like, I want to go gung ho on Instagram for this quarter or this 90 days, or I want to try video content, um, all about like turning that into an experiment rather than I like binary pass or fail, uh, strategy that you're going to put in your business. So experimentation, I think is, yeah, just frees you up to try new things and hopefully, you know, stumble upon that thing that is your thing when it comes to content. I love what you said about not being obsessed with the results or the outcome, because I think that is so easy to fall into where you let's take Instagram, for example, you post something on Instagram and then every 20 minutes you're checking to see how many likes does it have and how many, how much engagement does it have? And is it being shared? And then, okay, I'm gonna put it on my stories and let's see how many people view it. And, and it can be overwhelming to get mm-hmm. caught up in that. But I, I do think there's a balance between paying attention to your statistics and paying attention to the data, but then also becoming obsessed with the results that you're getting. And Mm -hmm. so somewhere in the middle, I like what you said, you know, knowing that it's okay to put a post out there and just see what happens and not worry about, did it do this or did it do that? It's just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much of what we do also is like, we come up with like some hypotheses, right? Here are some things that we think is, you know, here are some messages that we think are going to resonate with our audience and we will put them all out over the course of like a couple of weeks and see which one, right? We let the data speak for itself. But I think what you mentioned there about like people, you know, posting something, going back to Instagram, like we're just like need that validation and need that feedback. When we're evaluating the success or failure of our experiment, not us as the experimenters, but um, we want to also make sure that we're not just looking at the outcome. There's also a huge component of that. It was like, how much did you enjoy this process? Because if you don't enjoy the process that you're forcing yourself 
yourself to create content in or market your business, you are not going to do it consistently enough to start seeing those results that you want to be seeing. Yeah, that's really good too, because yeah, like I find myself, so usually every Monday is the day that I sit down and schedule my content for the next full week. So I go like, you know, basically Tuesday to the following Monday. And there are some weeks that I find myself, I can sit down and like the content comes so naturally and so easily. I have tons of notes in my phone where I have heard bits and pieces of things I want to, you know, share and and put my own spin on. And then there are some days where I sit down or some weeks where I sit down, I'm just like, I just don't, I'm not feeling it right now. And so I try not to, I don't force it anymore. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't try to make myself post something just to post something. I want it to have some meat behind it. I want it to have some value to it. And so I think giving yourself permission to just say like, this one isn't working and maybe move on to something else or taking Mm -hmm. an idea you've already talked about and putting a different spin on it is going to make, but yeah, I like that, that you have to enjoy the process or you're not going to stick to the process. Yeah. There's some, oh gosh, I wish I knew who said this, um, but it's a quote I love. It's like white knuckles are red flags, right? Especially when it comes to strategy, right? Like if we're forcing ourselves, it is a sign that something is out of alignment and we want to investigate why that is. Yeah. So when it comes to experimenting with content and I'm going to kind of stick with the social media, just because I know that's like something that a lot of people struggle with. Mm -hmm. So do you recommend then you kind of mentioned like taking something and sharing in different ways. So do you recommend doing that? Like if you have a piece of content, let's say there's Mm -hmm. a a topic you're really passionate about, you want to get the message out there, you post about it on social media and it gets very little engagement. Should you then try reposting it at a different time with some tweaking? Should you like maybe switch out the graphics? Should you switch up the wording? Like what are some ways we can experiment with that one topic? Yeah. So I think, you know, it depends on whether it's more of a visual based platform or whether it's more of a like copy based platform, but either, or I don't think you want to go and post the exact same thing again. Right. Because that might look a little like tone deaf, like, Oh, I just posted this last week. I'm all for repurposing your content, but maybe not that, like maybe not the same day or the same week. Um, so I think, you know, if you can think about the angle, there might be something there that doesn't, didn't resonate. So even though you're passionate about this topic and you're passionate about sharing it, can you think about a different angle for sharing it? So say for instance, I am sharing about, you know, about how very meta, how to use Instagram to grow your business. Right. So if I, you know, come at it from an angle of like, it helps you connect and engage with other people. Um, you know, if that angle maybe didn't work, maybe it's all about like, you know, building your community. So you think about those different angles that you could potentially take in on the same topic. And so I think that's where the brainstorming comes from when you're kind of designing this messaging experiment. Gotcha. Okay. And then let's switch to kind of like blogging content. Cause I know that that's a really huge thing. Like I love blogging for SEO and for keeping mm-hmm. your content on your website kind of active. So when it comes to that's a little bit longer, obviously you're writing more content than you are for like social media captions. So how do you help people kind of figure out what they should be writing about? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. 
Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passions, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, I think it becomes, I think it's at this intersection of what I am interested in exploring. Like, what do I actually want to write about and learn about? I think so. Like, I think SEO is amazing. I think the traffic that comes from blogging is amazing, but at the end of the day, like we said, we've been beating this drum. Like if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it consistently. Um, so yes, it's about that, but also an underlook like of the traffic and the strat, like people aren't just coming to your website and refreshing to see your about page for the hundredth time. fresh content you need to be putting fresh content on your blog in order to be driving people back to your blog but we think about all those benefits to blogging but there's also a huge benefit in like developing our expertise and that is one of the roles for blogging as well like what do we want to learn more about how do we keep our skills sharp and for me you know I'm always learning more about sales funnels I'm always learning more about content marketing not to stay stuck in this kind of learning bubble but also so that I can iterate that and find my own processes within that so using your blogging not just for like driving traffic not just for building your audience but also that curiosity angle like what you're interested in how can you use your content as your own kind of like school of thought and for developing your own expertise and your own signature processes as well um so yeah, I, I think, I hope I answered the question. I, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, that's, no, it was good. I'm, I'm like thinking as you're talking about different ideas. So this is where I get a little stuck because mm-hmm. I love the idea of like, write about something you're interested in, but let's take, for example, and I won't do photography because I do that a lot. <laughs> okay. So let's say you're a, um, hair makeup artist Mm -hmm. and, but you're really interested in the business side of things because that's what obviously you need to learn about to grow your business, but you're not going to write about that on your blog, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. not something that's for your audience. So how do you figure out what content to create for your audience that might be different than what you would be interested in for yourself? 
Yeah, well, hopefully you're still interested in learning different makeup techniques and different well, yeah. ways. <laughs> of, you know, so I think finding that angle, right, like tying it back to your craft and getting better at it in terms of like sharing it with your audience. And then I think like not just that, but like looking at new things, maybe new brands, maybe new types of makeup that you're interested in exploring. So thinking that way of developing your expertise, right, and staying cutting edge or staying up to date with all of the recent developments in like the makeup industry. Um, but also we can also keep like an, I keep an inspiration bank and I encourage everyone to do that. But as you're coming across questions that other people have about, you know, your area of expertise, saving those questions. And then when you're coming to create your content, you can go through both that list of like, you know, here's this new technique. I don't know. I don't wear a lot of makeup. So I'm I know. I'm it's of not my area of expertise. That you would, yeah, exactly. I need these blog posts. Someone write them and send them to me. Um, yeah. So thinking about, you know, keeping a list of things that you're interested in learning more about, but also keeping a list of those questions that people are actually asking and doing kind of a mix of both. And hopefully, you know, if we're putting service uh, front and center with our blogs, with our business, you know, you're going to be interested in answering those questions that people are asking too. Well, I think a great place to do this, and I, I can only know this because I'm doing it from experience, is as a wedding photographer, I'm in a couple different wedding Facebook groups that are for mm-hmm. brides. So where brides can go and like ask vendors questions or, you know, talk to each other about wedding planning. Of course, everything right now is about like rescheduling and how do I do this and how mm-hmm. to do that. But I have found that a lot of brides, I can get a lot of information from them. Like you, you mentioned like saving yes. the different topics and having kind of an idea bank. I do that with the notes section on my phone. So anytime I have an idea, I write it in my notes. And then when I get ready to go create content, I can go back to that And so what I have started doing is for the longest time, I would just skim through those groups and not even like pay a ton Mm -hmm. of attention unless it was specific to something I could help with. But I, once I realized what a valuable resource that was, I started paying attention to what questions are brides asking, not just to photographers, but about weddings in general. Mm -hmm. Are they asking about, you know, what kind of dresses should my bridesmaids wear? Are they asking about, you know, what's a good budget for flowers? Are they asking about like honeymoon stuff, like Mm -hmm. registry stuff? And I would use those questions Mm -hmm. as topic starters for my blog. And so if you're talking about like a hair and makeup artist, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I don't really know like what my audience wants. Go and find your audience in these groups, whether it's a mom's group or, you know, a group that's I don't know for hair and makeup, what kind of group that would be. I'm not in that industry, but (laughs) other groups where your ideal client's spending time and look for what kinds of content they're asking. Like I know, you know, not that my daughter's old enough to wear makeup, but eventually I'm going to have two daughters in my house asking how to wear makeup. And for someone who doesn't wear makeup, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to ask my hair makeup artist friends for advice. So there's Mm -hmm. a blog post for you right there. There's content you can put out on social media right there. So going to the source and figuring it out that way is a a good way to experiment. I love that tip. And like those Facebook saves, you can save all of those, do like your saves and go back to them, make it really easy. Same with Instagram saves, right? You can save them as well. Um, I think that's a really good use of those. But I also think like when you're writing a sales funnel, when you're writing a piece of copy, when you're writing a blog post, not just paying attention to the questions, but also like if you have a good 
process in place for saving down those in those topics and how they're asking like you can have like 50 to 80 percent of your copy being written with other people's words too right in ways that they actually think in ways that they actually speak um so having yeah go where your clients are and hang out there and be a fly on the wall and coffee and yet yeah, copy and save down everything uh and reuse that in your own marketing and yeah you'll have a lot of the work done for you I love it. I forget to use those save features. Sometimes I, I use it and then I never go back to it again. So I need to utilize that save feature. It'll give me space back on my notes app on my phone. <laughs> so I keep everything on my phone. I love that. Um, okay. So for someone who's listening and mm-hmm. is thinking, okay, this all sounds great and fabulous, but I'm not great at writing. Like how can somebody get better at writing content? How can somebody get gain confidence in writing content? I'm asking this from almost a personal perspective because I don't have that confidence in my writing. So what are some tips you have to help build that? Yeah. Well, first of all, like if if writing is a thing that you want to do, like practice, 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 Um, but also look at maybe other different methods, right? Not just video, not just um, audio, but I think like also if you want to have it ultimately end up in writing, we use a process in our agency, like a content interview process. And so for any piece of content or any sales email, we identify like what questions is this post or this piece of content going to have to answer in order to like be finished. Right. And so we will come to our clients and we'll just do a content interview with them, asking those questions. We tell them to think of it like a podcast interview, give them the questions ahead of time. And we take that and we get it transcribed. And then once it goes through our copywriters to clean it up, it's a finished piece of content. So replicating maybe potentially, right? Try it on for size, see what it feels like. Um, But replicating that process for yourself might look like, you know, when you have an idea for a piece of content or a blog post, having a working title, coming up with like, you know, three to five questions that the post is going to have to answer in order to like, you know, be about that topic. And then you can even just like interview yourself, just tell everyone, yeah, I'm just going to talk to myself for a little bit here. And you can turn on something like Otter, or you can just record it in a voice note and then send it to Temi or Otter to be transcribed. And then you just have to worry about cleaning up that transcript. Truly, truly, truly embrace the crappy draft and the magic really does come in the editing. Um, We go through Anytime we have a piece of content, first we go through for clarity and clean it up. Our second pass is going through for clarity and making sure that everything makes sense. Our third pass is grammar. And then our fourth pass of editing is all for like brand voice and making sure we have enough of our, how our client and customer actually speaks in there. So like we are doing like at least four passes of editing through any piece of content just to make it be something that we will share. So yeah, embracing and having an editing process. That's so interesting to know. Cause I, yeah, I, again, I'm not, I honestly, I'll admit like, I'm the type that's like, Oh, I just did it. Let's put it out there. But I don't want to look at it again. Cause it, you know, mm-hmm. then I'm going to see all my flaws. So going back and learning to embrace that editing is definitely, I think going to help. And even with, you know, I think of editing with like the longer content, the blog posts, things like that, but even with social media, you know, being able to go and and putting down your first idea. And this is why I love like scheduling tools, you know, like I use later mm-hmm. and I love it because I can write it or I'll even sometimes I'll do it in a Google doc and like get my thoughts out first. And then if it's just a jumbled mess of thoughts, I can go back and kind of rearrange mm-hmm. them into something that makes sense. But taking the time to really think through like what I'm saying, mm-hmm. it helps. And I may not do it four times over my social media content, but I will give it a, mm-hmm. you know, a second glance and 
you know, I, I used to just post and, and walk away and like, hope it was good enough. And then my husband would always come back with, you misspelled this, or you, you know, you, you left a yeah. word out or you did this. I'm just like, ah, oh, so I've gotten better. He's kind of helped me get better at making sure that it's just technically good, but then also that it resonates with my audience too. Mm -hmm. Grammarly is your friend. I think like that final little piece, popping it in there or, you know, having someone in your team, even if that means your husband yeah, um, (laughs) to review it and edit it for you. Um, but yeah, sometimes we look at things so many times that we stop noticing things as well. Um, yeah. Because you know what you want it to say. And so you Mm -hmm. see that you see it that way when you read it, you know, you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't catch the little bit of things. So yeah, having kind of another filter to go, to put it through definitely helps. Definitely One of my favorite tips for that is like to highlight it. Um, and then on your phone, you can, or on your computer, you can go through like their accessibility options so that it has like that voice to t- that text to voice and you can have the robot voice read it to you. And I always notice mistakes that way too, is oh, having it read great. out loud. Plus if you, I think on Mac, I'm not sure about like PC. I, I mean, I'm sure all of them have these kind of accessibility options. You can also increase the speed so it can speak a little faster than that typical robot voice. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I hadn't thought to do that, but it is like having it read out loud by mm-hmm. they don't, those robot voices don't miss anything. So no. <laughs> <That helps>. yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a, a little bit more about social media content. I know that's a really, really big one. So when it comes to social media content, what tips do you have for, because that's something you're posting regularly. I mean, obviously with blog posts, you're not going to, I mean, some people are doing those daily, but most people are doing those probably what weekly ish somewhere Mm -hmm. around there. Whereas with the social media content, it's supposed to be short and easy to consume Mm -hmm. and give you value and be interesting and be eye catching and all these things that it has to Mm -hmm. be. And then you have to recreate that magic multiple times a week or sometimes multiple times a day, depending on the Mm -hmm. platform. So what tips do you have for helping us to come up with large amounts of content that still is interesting to our audience? Yeah, I think that I think that's where repurposing comes in. I also think like there is a huge element of focus here. I don't think that you should be trying to go 100% on all of like the social media platforms at the same time. I think that's a recipe for disaster or a recipe of falling off the wagon and like writing yourself off, off as a failure, even though it was the only failure you had was miscalculating your ability to like show up on these platforms consistently and all of them. So I think the first step is to really choose what platform am I going to be showing up consistently on? I think there's a big, big difference between your active platforms and your amplification channels. And so some of them, you know, we just kind of repurpose content or we have some different messages that go out there, we schedule and we automate. And then there's these other ones that we are showing up a bit more regularly. Like Instagram is, has a, if you're, if you're choosing Instagram as the place where you're going to show up, there's a huge burden of content there. If you're going to do Instagram, well, right. So under, so once you have that platform chosen where you want to show up, like really understanding the type of content that does best there, right. Is this a visual based platform? Is this a message based platform? Um, am I going to be doing stories? So all of like, do I need to show up a bit more spontaneously rather than writing things in advance? So just whatever you choose, know that platform really well and how you can do that stuff. Um, I think, you know, for me, when it comes to my weekly content, I think of it as a bundle. And so there is a theme and that theme really is reverse engineered from whatever the topic of my blog is that week. And that is also 
you know, the theme for my social media channels. So I will have a promo message for my blog post. And then I'll also have like three or four discussion questions, right? Just aimed at kind of getting the conversation going. Um, so thinking of it that way, I think you can also take out pieces of your blog and re like basically, you know, post micro blogs, the different sections of your blog as well. So thinking creatively about those things. Um, yeah, it, it kind of depends on what platform you're using, right? Cause there's, a, it's much different Twitter than Instagram. Yeah. 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 I like the theme idea because my brain works the best when I have like a system to fall into. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to do that because Instagram is my biggest platform. Mm -hmm. I love Instagram. And so with the podcast page, I try to to somewhat stick to whatever the content for that, Mm -hmm. that week's episode is. But then I also kind of add in a couple of little extra things here and there with my photography page. What I have found that works best for me Mm -hmm. is because I cover a couple different genres of photography and I also want to put like myself in there and that, that personal connection is I have like a daily theme. So like Monday is like motivation Monday. And so on Monday I try to talk about something inspiring and like, we got this, you can like, let's do this. This is going to be a great week. And then Tuesday is all about, you know, like I do stock photography. So it's all about like stock photography. And then Wednesdays is weddings, Mm -hmm. Thursdays is branding and Fridays is boudoir. And I've had some people when I tell them that they're like, yeah, but don't people like recognize that pattern? I'm like, first of all, nobody's looking at my feed and looking for that pattern. Mm-hmm. They're just not like very rarely is somebody going to go to my Instagram feed and like nitpick through how many, how often does she post about weddings? How often does she post about boudoir? You know, mm-hmm. they just don't do that. Um, secondly is I feel like too, like they, they forget, <laughs> you know, like absolutely. I, I'm just trying to like, kind of go back to what you said is like, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to follow through on it. And that's the system that has worked for me is I know I can sit down and create five pieces of content per week that fall into that pattern and it makes it easy for me and it's fun for me. And I'm not sitting there like looking at a blank page going, okay, what am I going to talk about this week? You know? So that's been helpful. Like that theme idea is really helpful. Like if, if you have a blog post coming out, work around that theme, or if you have, I've seen some people that do different things. Like one week, it might be all about, you know, this part of your business and the next week it's all about this part of your business. And, you know, so there's different ways to do it, to keep it interesting. I love themes and I like to think of them as like constraints too, right? When we are sitting in front of a blank page, that's really difficult. That's really intimidating is that blank page. But if we know like something specific like boudoir or wedding, like we're putting a constraint around that and we just have to fill that bucket, which is a lot easier than say a blank slate where it can really be anything. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, okay. So tell us about this book that you have coming out that we're excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your content rebellion is the name of the book. Um, and it really came out of observations I had of my peers and the things that we were going and the pressure we were putting on ourselves when it comes to content. And I think, you know, 
if anything, this interview and our conversation today, Kendra, has really shown is like there are a million ways to do content. And so it's probably going to take some experimentation to find the strategy and the system and the workflow for content that is going to work for you. So this book is all about, it's based on play shops. And so each um, each chapter uh, is a play shop that you are basically going through an experimental approach to find your content voice, to find your content workflow, to find your content um, you know, form, whether it's going to be written video or audio. So it's through this process of experimentation that by the end of it, you have your content rebellion plan. Uh, and the rebellion piece comes in is that there are so many shoulds and people telling us the way we should be creating content. So the rebellion comes in, like, let's find a way that works for you. So yeah, that's the book. I'm really excited to share it with people. It comes out June 1st, which may be after you're listening to, so it might already be out. Um, but either way, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That is so awesome. And I love books that kind of give you something to do. Like it's not just read this and take it in or read this and do what I do. I love that you're walking people through, like do this experiment, try this and see what the, and that the outcome is going to be different for you than it would be for this person. And Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. I love it. Well, congratulations on that. That's a huge undertaking. So I'm so impressed with you. And I think that's amazing. So tell people how they can find you and learn more about you or work with you in the future. Yeah. Well, first off, if you want to grab a copy of the book, if you go just for podcast listeners, if you go to yourcontentrebellion.com forward slash special, um, I created a course that actually goes along with the program and you can get it for free. So if you grab a copy of the book, bring your receipt number and you can actually grab that for yourself. Um, otherwise, you'll find me at Your Content Empire kind of on all the platforms um, or yourcontentempire.com. That's amazing. And I have all those links for everybody in the show notes so they can just scroll down and click on those. And I'll have a link for the book and for the, the little free course you're offering for our listeners. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm so excited to, yeah. Thank you for letting me share it with them. Yeah. Okay. So my last question for you that I asked a lot of my guests is if your best friend came today and said, okay, Haley, I'm going to have this idea for a business. I've, I want to get things started, but I don't know what to do next. What would be your number one piece of advice you would give? Go talk to the people who need what it is you want to build this business around. I think, yeah, get out of your head and into conversations with your dreamies, with your dream clients. So good. I just like, I wish that's something I had known when I was starting my business because so many people make it about what they want to put into the world instead of what the world needs them to put into the world. So Great advice. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to read your book. I hope everybody goes and purchases it and then downloads their little free course. And I hope to have you on again in the future and see what else you're up to. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Oh my goodness. If that interview doesn't fire you up and get you excited, I don't know what will. There was so many aha moments for me within this conversation And I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. So make sure you follow along with Haley. Go download her book, download her free guide, go follow along with her on all the socials. It's all linked below. And don't forget, head to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders to learn more about content creation in this month's kit and get access to all the previous month's kits as well when you sign up today. So make sure you go join and become an amazing business builder. All right, ladies, that's going to do it for this week. I can't wait to see you back here next week. Same time, same place. Have a wonderful week.